1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio
0: with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time
1: to get to work. Welcome back to another edition of the Mile High Report Radio podcast, MHR Radio. Ian St. Clair, Adam Malnati. I switched it up a little bit, Ian. Um, yeah,
0: you threw me for a loop. You yeah, plopped it out there and expected
1: it whoa, to perform. Wait a minute. You now the judge says that that's okay. The, the timer started. It is what it is. We're in. We're in. So I, I guess it's been plopped out there and it has been expected to perform. Uh, much like that trade of Case Keenum was plopped out there and did perform. Many, unlike the signing. Unlike the signing. How many people out there are, would you say were falling over, uh, over the fact that John Elway was able to get a trade done that moved Case Keenum out of Denver? And if I'm not mistaken, ends up making it so that contract-wise, it's only an extra $500,000 on the books for Joe Flacco as it would have been for Case Keenum in 2019. That sounds right because they split –
0: Three and a half million of the seven million guaranteed. So they add five hundred thousand to Keenum's contract, so it bumps it up to four million. Given the fact that it would have been seven million, is remarkable to me. I mean, I, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to take it, and I saw all of them on Twitter about how you focus on the fact that he still signed Case Keenum. Which is true. I mean, he still is the one to sign him, right? But he's also the one who was able to deal him and keep three million of his seven million guaranteed salary off the books. It's which it. now puts it closer to forty million before you add in Shelby Harris and uh, the the draft class,
1: right? And and I think that the the real key here is and and Elway's taking a beating over the quarterback stuff, but. He made, you know, he made a he made a mistake in signing Keenum. Although I would argue that there really wasn't any other option out there, uh, unless he wanted to continue to roll with with Trevor Simeon. And and no, just no. And uh, Chad Kelly proved very quickly on very very early on that he was not going to be capable of taking over a leadership role for the Broncos. And so uh, Keenum was was the guy, and it didn't work. And they made a move again. And I think Elway is shaking trees, like he said. And uh, he's going to keep swinging like he said and uh you know we'll we'll see where it goes. I, I'm not uh you know me. I'm pu- I'm not pushing for a quarterback in the draft in t- in 2019. I'm I'm f- I'm forward thinking. I'm looking to the future for that. And so I almost don't even want to talk about quarterbacks any further than bye-bye Case Keenum. Hello Joe Flacco. Let's see what happens. And that's it's clearly and we've said this on the
0: podcast, I've said it on the multiple radio hits that I've done ever since the trade for Flacco was made, and both of them will be finalized on Wednesday when the league year starts. Is It's the first piece of the puzzle in terms of player acquisition. When you add in Fangio, and you had add in the coaching staff that Fangio has compi- has comprised, and then you add in Flacco... Now the next pieces start to come into place with the trading of Keenum. They also picked up the option for Derek Wolfe. They tendered Shelby Harris with a second-round tender. So for those who don't know, a restricted free agent can still negotiate, but they have to match the salary. The Broncos have the ability to match the salary that is negotiated between Harris and any team, but if Harris does go to another team, the
1: Broncos get us get that team's second round pick in return. So it's almost like working a trade, and so it's it's a would you call that a pre-trade? It's a pre-trade agreement. It it what it, it, in layman's terms, it makes it highly unlikely that Shelby
0: Harris is going to be leaving the Broncos,
1: which I think we're both very happy about.
0: Yes, because I think in Fangio's defense, Shelby Harris is going to be able to take the next step. He started to take a couple of last year, and we saw what he's capable of doing. I think he can be even better in Vic Fangio's defense. But now that Keenum is gone and Joe Flacco is coming in, it's clear that they're going all in on Joe Flacco. It was clear to me the second that that trade happened, that John Elway still believes his team can compete and not only compete in the AFC West with the Chiefs but in the AFC – Whether or not you agree with that and you think he's delusional, time will tell. But I'm in the same boat I've been from the beginning, and that's let's see what else John Elway does in free agency. What else does he do? And it's unfortunate it didn't work out with Case Keenum. It's not surprising. I I remember doing the podcast and you mentioned the name Case Keenum, and I threw up in my mouth. Like, literally. And then once they signed him, I tried to convince myself that it would work, knowing that it wouldn't work. Because one thing that Trevor Simeon taught me is to not be so black and white. Because I was black and white with Trevor Simeon, and I got burned. You, you did. So maybe I'm trying to...
1: You're trying to be a little more colorful. Prevent it. Find some find some gray. Find a little gray. Gray's find not a little gray. To be. Yeah, find a little
0: gray. You know, And I think with Case Keenum, it, it just it, it wasn't going to work. It yeah. was never going to work. Everyone banks on the fluke year he had with the Vikings, and they think that that's the norm. Instead of <clears throat> all the other evidence presented over the course of his career, which he is not any good at playing quarterback.
1: Right. Well, I think what, what the hope was, uh, you, you look at a guy and you like to say he, he can turn it around, right? Isn't that something we say all the time? And clearly he couldn't, and they moved on. And now we get to move into, are, is it legal tampering? Are we in legal tampering now? Are we legally it tampering? starts Monday at 10 a.m. Mountain oh, Time. Man, can't wait for legal tampering, which is such a stupid oxymoron. Just, you know what, just let teams do what they get. It's so dumb. But anyway. Any, but to,
0: to touch on that, does anyone not think that, John Elway was talking with all of the agents who were in Indianapolis over the course of the combine. Well, We said that on the last negotiating show. Negotiating contracts. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's I mean, the whole point of the combine. You don't go there to watch guys in shorts.
1: Yeah. I mean, That's you That's not do. why you go. You go because you want to see how tall Kyler Murray is. And, and you want to talk to the agents of the players that are already in the league who are just, who just happen to be representing some of these guys who are going to be rookies. Uh, it's, it's sort of—it's all semantics. It's all sort of based on being able to kind of say that you didn't do a thing when you did a thing, but it wasn't a thing, and so now you're doing this thing that's not a thing, but it's gonna be a thing, and that makes it okay. And it's—it's it's just a bunch of semantic, you know, these are the rules kind of thing. And I, how many times am I gonna say thing? To go down a different rabbit hole, real
0: quick—that you didn't know that we were gonna go down. Oh, we're tumbling. All right. One of the best writers alive right now is Wright Thompson. And he wrote a remarkable piece for ESPN on the combine and it detailed his experience at the combine on each day he was there and what he went through and what he experienced. And it's basically what it is, is you drink and talk to people. So Tyrion Lannister would be amazing at the combine because he drinks and know things.
1: He does. And and I think Elway has proven that he, he can drink and talk to people. So, um, that that's not a shot at Elway, by the way, I know people are going to, go, Oh, he makes no, 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 no. There's a certain level of skill in being able to grab a few drinks with some people and have some conversation and yuck it up a little bit and have some fun. And then, then they start to like you and they start to want to do what you want them to do. That's, that's, that's called buttering people up that's called schmoozing okay that's something the old my, my old man is a schmoozer that doesn't mean he's a drinker because he's not but he's a schmoozer which means he can get people to kind of like the things that he's saying even though maybe what he's saying doesn't really make sense he you like the way it sounds and that's what Elway I think can do uh, and has been able to do and I don't want to make this a diatribe on Elway's abilities uh, to to drink and draft if you will or or drink and sign free agents but he I think he he gets too much credit maybe for some of the things that he's done and too much of the blame for some of the things that he's done he's been a pretty good GM and and this free agency period that we're heading towards right now could be the most important I, I think we've said it sort of leading up to this Vic Fangio is the last head coach John Elway will ever hire for the Denver Broncos uh, this this could be the most important draft class that John Elway has ever had. This could be the most important free agency uh, uh, that John Elway has ever been a part of. So, to me, that's sort of following the theme of this offseason. Everything that John Elway does in this offseason is leading up to either he's with the team for three or four more years at minimum before he decides to walk away or takes an ownership position, or. He's done in two, two or three years because he's been he's been fired, and and so this free agency class is filled with players that could fit what Vic Fangio wants to do, what Rick Scangarello wants to do, and I think that those are the kinds of things that as we're lo- as we're looking at what's going on in Denver and what's going on around the league, there is an opportunity here for John Elway to sort of remake this team in the way that he sort of did after 2013. And what's interesting about that is he has more cap space this year than he did in 2014. Let me ask you a question, though, because Pete mentioned this in Slack, and I'm going to bring it up. Yes, he'll have more cap space, but are contracts so much bigger in 2019 that the amount of cap space that he has is almost negated by the fact that to sign some of these guys, it's going to cost a lot more money? No, because that has nothing to do with cap
0: space. It's how you manipulate the cap, and it's about cash on hand.
1: So there, Pete. I don't don't know if Pete's even listening. He might. It's all about how you manipulate the cap. All right. Well, let's hope they manipulate it well. I want to know. I sort of wrote wrote down here in my rundown. You know how I do a rundown. uh, I wrote free agency, players to watch. And what's nice is you can roll over to Mile High Report, and you can scroll down and click on the free agency tracker um, and the and sort of all of the the different articles that Jeff and, and Scotty and Tim and I, I think Joe and, and, and Lori have all picked up some of those, you know, heart obviously as well, guys who the Broncos could be or should be targeting in free agency. And you've been a CJ Mosley guy for a while now. I have. And then today you said something that says otherwise. I, I would
0: still love CJ Mosley, but I am now on to the KJ Wright boat and it's somebody who hasn't been mentioned because you'll hear CJ. Mosley, you'll hear Quan Alexander, you'll hear Jordan Hicks. In terms of middle linebacker free agents, KJ Wright is
1: never mentioned. He is not mentioned. I haven't seen him mentioned at all. I was actually just scrolling through. don't see him in our don't see him in any of our articles here. And I think
0: Brian. he, I think he is, legitimately, exactly what the Broncos need, because as I told you before we started recording, he's C.J. Mosley, only he's better in coverage. And I, I don't take PFF Pro Football Focus. I, I, I weigh it against other things. I don't take it verbatim as, like the codex of. What we think of players. I think it's one element that you use. Sure, it's a measure. But when PFF says that Wright was at his best when in coverage last season, as he allowed only 0.62 yards per cover snap, ranking fourth among linebackers. On average, he allowed a reception just once every 13 cover snaps, ranking ninth at the position. I don't know about you, but when you hear people talk about the Broncos and the importance of the middle linebacker position, what's the one thing they say they need to be able to do?
1: Cover the tight end. Cover the tight end or the running back. Or the running back. Sure. Yeah. That can And, do. What's,
0: and what's the biggest thing that people say CJ Mosley can't do?
1: Coverage. Cover. So, so I think I see where you're going with this. What you're saying is he may not be the right fit for the Broncos because the biggest hole they have at middle linebacker is coverage. And it has been for
0: decades. (laughs) And there is a concern with KJ, Wright. I think it's his knee. But at the same point, if it gets to the, if, if it's something that isn't an issue, they need to target this guy because I looked at his stats Prior to last year, 2018, from 2013 to 2017, he averaged over
1: 100 tackles. That's pretty good. I mean, he's no Randy Gratishar, but okay. So I I think I, I'm as much as I pounded the table for C.J.
0: Mosley, I am mm-hmm. now pounding the table for K.J. Wright.
1: Okay. I think either one of those guys would be phenomenal in a Vic Fangio defense, right? And, I, and to me – the the thing that I would like to see the Broncos do in free agency is address two positions, and it's it's really only two positions, and I don't it has nothing to do with offense other than I guess three positions. Something's got to happen on the offensive line, but I think they've got to go out and they they obviously have to replace Darian Stewart. They have to get a safety, and I think that uh, leads to you know looking at uh, what is his name, Adrian Amos, excuse me, Adrian Amos from uh, I almost called him Tori because you keep putting Tori Amos's picture in slack so it messes, do. it messes me up but adrian amos and then i, I think they have to tar- target a middle linebacker john elway has been cheap on middle linebackers his entire time in denver which I, I do not understand and since really since al wilson there hasn't been a guy that has owned that defense from the middle linebacker position and and seems as if that's what makes a Vic Fangio defense tick is a middle linebacker that can be the, like the guy on the defense. And so CJ Mosley, KJ Wright, was it Quan Alexander from, from Tampa Bay? I'm fine with that. Somebody who is talented enough to take control of that defense and run it the way that Vic Fangio wants it run. And to me, that's KJ Wright because
0: he is a complete linebacker and that's what Vic Fangio wants. He wants someone who can tackle. He wants someone who's strong in the run game, but who can also cover. And to me, that's KJ Wright. And KJ Wright was a huge part of the Seahawks' Super Bowl-winning defense against the Denver Broncos. Don't, don't you
1: say? I can't believe you said it. You didn't need to say it. Everybody knew it. You could have just said Super Bowl-winning defense. If we all knew what you were talking about, but you had to say it. And the the other day. thing, the other thing that's. Great about that
0: is if they get KJ right and Devin White falls to the Broncos at ten, as I said on the previous podcast, that's the best line middle linebacking duo the Broncos will have had since
1: Tom Jackson and Randy are Which is pretty high praise. I you know I, I I almost don't even want to talk about the draft because I think that what the Broncos do in the draft is going to be dictated to them by what happens in free agency. And if they, uh, you know, if they end up with a with a Landing Collins or, or or you know an Amos or you know something like that, then maybe they target the middle linebacker. If not, maybe they go with with defensive back, cornerback, something like that. There's a there's a lot of holes to fill. I was you know, I, I just was looking at some of the articles here, and I'm I'm looking at tight end Jared Cook is out there. Uh, we have really no tight ends as, as the Broncos, you know, if you look at them, tight end is shaky. I, the I mean, other tight end was Jesse James, Jesse James. That's just with the, on with him. the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, it'd be cool to have somebody named Jesse James on the team, I guess that's always fun. Uh, offensive line. I mean, Jawan James is out there. Chris Hart is out there pounding the table for, for Jawan James, which so I. I, I think is a a great way to go, but how, how much money is going to be left over, you gotta gotta pay attention to that as well. Ronald Darby is a name that pops out. I know. Um, what's the guy's name out of Indianapolis? Um, Desir. 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 That's Desir, you know, Desir or Desir Desir. 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 It's not desire, but it could be. Uh, what is the, it with those Indianapolis Colts who have the French names? I don't know. So they really like it. You know, the Pierre Garcons of the world for a while. And so, uh, is it Desir or Desir? If I was speaking French, I would say Desire. But I'm not speaking French. I what think if probably, you were speaking Italian? Well, I, there's not a vowel at the end, so you just say "desire." Well, add a vowel on it. How would you De- say it? "Desire." I don't know. <laughs> what are we? What are we giving language lessons here? Somebody, well, everyone else on the Broncos coaching staff is Italian, so doesn't don't they
0: need to add a vowel to the end? Just,
1: I mean, you could do that with everybody, though. You know, Joe Flacco. And um, oh, wait, <laughs> he's already got the vowel. That doesn't. That what doesn't. he mean? Roger Federer? Federer, Federer, hey, Roger Federer is a great tennis player. That's, we're not, not going down that right Uh Yeah, he's, he's, a, I think Pete Sampras beats him on grass. It's a, that's a whole other conversation. I can see, I can see, I can see the old man getting into that conversation and we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it right now. He seems like a more old school guy though. Like Jimmy Connors. Oh, no, he Morris was – if you had to ask him who the greatest tennis player of all time was, I, th- I think he'd probably tell you it's Roger, but um, he was a big Pete Sampras fan. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, Bjorn Borg was incredible, you know, if you really, if you really want to get into, you know, some of the most incredible tennis players of all time. I, I think Pete Sampras, to, to me, has always been the greatest. I think, you know, the old man is a tennis player who – I remember he used to tape like Wimbledon. remember the old v- yeah, you had a VCR, pop the tape oh, yeah. in. We had tapes of Sampras Agassi matches and um, you know, the Wimbledon final from 1991 and stuff like that. And it's just he 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 could go for days on a conversation on that. Andre Agassi was great. Um I have to say, though, the
0: players from the 70s should get way more credit than they do oh, yeah. with those wooden rackets that they have.
1: They had the small heads. You're right. I agree with that. And it's interesting because when you, when you look at the rackets that most players played with, the, the player that played with the racket, the modern-day player from the 90s that played with the racket most like what they played with in the 70s was Pete Sampras. He played with a Wilson Pro Staff that was, as, it was like swinging a, a, a ping-pong paddle essentially. So, uh, I mean, you could, I would say he's probably, in my opinion, he's the greatest player in tennis history, but there's so many. There's Rod Laver was great. You could talk about Novak Djokovic has been incredible. Rafa Nadal right now. This is a actually kind of a golden era in tennis and Americans are missing it because Andy Roddick turned out to be not that great. Now that was a rabbit hole. Yeah. Serena Williams, by the way, is also an incredible tennis player the the greatest women's tennis player of all time and probably is in the conversation with most of the men.
0: Quite the rabbit hole. Yeah, we so really dug that out get, there. To get back on track, I think the Broncos are going to target middle linebacker, safety, defensive tackle, offensive tackle, and I think the four guys potentially to keep an eye on are KJ Wright, Adrian Amos, Jawan James, and Jonathan Hankins.
1: Yeah, Hankins is one that I think is a is is I think high on their list too, you know, from everything I've seen, he's certainly who they're really focused on, especially with the departure of Domita Pecco. Um, You know, just like releasing Darian Stewart opens things up for Adrian Amos, releasing Domita Pecco opens things up for Jonathan Hankins. I think that those are, those are two guys, uh, Amos and and Hankins that I think Vic Fangio is probably pounding the table for uh, along with, One of the middle linebackers. And I I think it's probably one of the middle linebackers. You give me one, and I'll be happy. The other interesting thing will then be
0: cornerback and tight end because there are a couple of good cornerbacks who could fall to the Broncos at 10. One in particular, I think, from Washington is Byron Murphy. So that's someone to keep an eye on. Obviously, Devin White, middle linebacker from LSU. But there's also tight ends. Tight ends it's a very good tight end class.
1: Yeah. You know, to me, that's not a
0: very good free agent class for tight ends. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, really the only two guys that I, that I think are worth looking at are Jesse James and Jared cook. And I, I just didn't get excited when I said either one of those, the only thing that got me excited was Jesse James has a cool name. Like that's where it is.
0: To tie this back into 2014, are you excited about what Elway does with this free agent class having gone out and gotten Joe Flacco and having Vic Fangio in this coaching staff? Is there another, what's the, what? what's the feeling you have going into this free agency period compared to the last three years?
1: Trepidation. You know, I, I, I almost feel like I'm my, my view on this is a little bit skewed because I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually looking forward to, a little further than I probably should be. And I would like to see the Broncos work to set themselves up to be in a position in 2021 to target one of those quarterbacks, really the only quarterback that matters. And so it's hard for me to, you know, I want them to be great. I want them to, to go and get all of the pieces that they need to get. But at the same time, I almost, Worried that if they're too good, then Trevor Lawrence is going to end up on another team and he won't be a Bronco. And I would prefer if he was wearing orange and blue for the rest of his career. That being said, I think Elway has an opportunity. I know that's sort of a little bit of a a side rant. I think Elway has an opportunity here to really solidify himself as a great GM by going out and getting guys that uh, that will have a huge impact. And one of the knocks on him has always been, yeah, he brought in guys like D Ware and Akeeb Talib, and, and, and then that, that 2014 free agency class was really good, and it helped them win a Super Bowl in 2015. But and this is a big but really the only reason they came is because of Peyton Manning, right? That's what everybody always says. That's the knock on Elway. Peyton Manning isn't in Denver anymore. So this is John Elway's free agency class without question. The only thing people might be able to say is, well, Adrian Amos came to play for the Broncos because he followed Vic Fangio. Well, maybe that's true if he does do that, but John Elway is still the guy that that got him to come and play for his former coach. Because I would tell you, Adrian Amos is probably just as comfortable staying in Chicago with a team that is closer to winning in the playoffs than the Broncos are as currently constituted. So, this was this is a very important free agency class. And I, I I would think that again, this is this is John Elway's make or break year as a GM. Everything he does in this offseason is going to dictate whether or not he is around with the Broncos for more than the next two or three years. And for me, I, I'm excited about it because
0: you now have a coach players want to play for. So to me, the Peyton Manning effect is back, only it's now with Vic Fangio because players want to play for Vic Fangio. That's going to be the attraction. You still have the attraction of the Broncos. You still have the attraction of the history of the organization, of the need and the desire and the expectation to win. But now you have that piece that they've lacked the last three years, and that's a head coach players want to play for.
1: Yeah, a head coach that's not just going to plop it out there and expect it to perform, much like we actually are going to have to do right now with this ad, but then we'll be right back. So we're just going to plop this ad out there real quick. All right, I think it. I think it was a legitimate ad. I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're still Hopefully here. Hopefully, it performed. I hope it did what it was supposed to do. Whatever that was. You know, you you made a good comment though. I think heading into that, the you mentioned the Peyton Manning effect. the The last I checked, Peyton Manning signed in Denver because of John Elway, right? It was John Elway who brought Peyton Manning in. Yes, John Fox. Everyone likes to say, "Oh, John, you like John Fox," did he? Because he didn't win a Super Bowl with John Fox, he was pretty happy to see John Fox leave, as far as I could tell. I think that John Elway doesn't get enough credit for the things like I said before, for the things that he's done, he does not get enough credit. And for the things that he's done wrong, he gets too much blame. You know, the the Paxton Lynch draft, oh, that's a terrible first round quarterback. He can't he cannot draft quarterbacks. Well, he's only ever drafted one quarterback in the first round. What is he supposed to do? hit on every single draft pick. Yeah, I suppose he probably is. He's John Elway. He's the greatest of all time. But that doesn't mean he's going to.
0: I think one one person who doesn't get enough credit for the Peyton Manning coming to Denver
1: is Pat Boland. I agree with that. Well, he's going to get a lot of credit when he goes into the Hall of Fame, finally. And right. so uh, I, I think that that will come out. But I, I think you're right. I think Pat Bolin is is an owner that people wanted to play for. And I think that is something that, as we are sitting here, makes me a little nervous as well, because Pat Bowen isn't around. And so guys don't come to Denver anymore and say, okay, well, the owner is someone who I want to play for, because the ownership situation is in flux, you could say. I guess, let me ask you this. How much impact would that have, or will that have, on some of the guys that Elway and his and and his you know staff are going to be targeting when they can't say come on in and meet Mr. B. He's a great owner and he's gonna you're gonna to love to play for him. They don't have that. That's not something that's that's in their. They don't have that in their bag right now.
0: I don't think it'll factor because I think the players just want to play for Vic Fangio and they want to play for the Broncos. So yeah. to me it, it, it it's not it, it's not a factor in that regard because they can still go in and talk to Joe Ellis who's been around for since the mid nineties. So if that's really something that they want to do,
1: then they can do it. Yeah. But I think, and and I think you would agree with me on this. There's a, I mean, just talking to talking to guys like Steve Atwater, for example, who we've had on the show and and is a, is a great guy. His affinity towards Pat Bolin and uh, the way that Champ Bailey talked about Pat Bolin and the way that other players have talked about Pat Bolin who, who played for him and that that i that ability to bring him into something like that, I don't think Joe Ellis has that. You know what I'm saying? I think Pat Bolin was the type of guy that would come in and he would make those players want to play for him. And you can't say to – like Steve Atwater can't go over to any of these incoming potential free agents and say, you're going to love playing for Pat Bolin because they're not playing for Pat Bolin anymore. And yeah, I they're playing for Vic Fangio. Right. So they can
0: go in and say you're going to love playing for Vic Fangio I, in an organization that wants to win. I get if you it. Want to win, I, you'll play for the Broncos. Sure. I think we're making too much out of the Pat Bowen absence in that regard.
1: Surprises
0: me to hear you say that. It really does. That surprises I, because me because I, 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 it's it's been so long that most of the players wouldn't know Pat Bowlen at this point anyway. So I think what you do is you say you're going to get to play for – a they know who Vic Fangio is. Right. So just like the Peyton Manning effect, that's the Pat Bowlen effect. You're going to play for a head coach who's going to put you in a position to succeed, expect you to do your job, and if you don't, you're not going to be around. That's the Pat Bowen effect. That's what Pat Bowlen would have done. Now it's on the field with your head coach.
1: I like it. That's a good rant. That's a good rant. I like that rant. And and speaking of rants, I think it's I think it's time. It's time for me to make mention of something. And I know that I know that you are you have your own opinions on it. But I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to let you respond and then I'm going to and then I'm going to say what I got to say. What's that? In 2018, at the 2018 NFL draft, if I had said to you, at the end of this draft, you are going to have Bradley Chubb and Josh Rosen. Would you have taken that? I would not have taken that. I see. I just I just find that insane. Why not? Go ahead and say why not. I'll let you even say why not. That's fine. Because I was never
0: sold on Josh Rosen. I never liked him as a quarterback at UCLA. I was never sold on him as a quarterback in the NFL. I'm I'm just I'm not a Josh
1: Rosen fan. Okay. So I'm not I'm not the best one to ask. Probably not, but I will tell you this. Here here's my take on it. And and this is where we're going. If, buckle up. Buck, buckle up people because it's coming. Josh Rosen heading into the 2018 draft was one of the top 5 quarterbacks in that draft. With, without question. Uh, I arguably the top 2 or 3. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield was clearly number 1, and then I think you could have flip-flopped Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold however you wanted to. That being said, The Denver Broncos, at number five, had a guy fall to them in Bradley Chubb that if they hadn't taken him there, it would have been insane not to take him, and I think it was the right pick. However, looking back on that draft and looking what Josh Rosen was capable of doing with an awful Arizona team, and what I mean by capable of doing is staying healthy for the most part, if you you could take him after one season of being in the NFL – And put him in the Denver Broncos system. Now you don't have to even think about drafting a quarterback in 2019. You don't have to think about drafting a quarterback in 2020. You can continue to build your franchise around Joe Flacco and then eventually Josh Rosen. You have your bridge, it's all in place. It would be, in my opinion, lunacy to not give up a third round pick in 2019 to get Josh Rosen on your team. I don't know why every team in the NFL isn't clamoring to do that. I'm not saying higher than third round. I think third round is the right number. Maybe you throw a second round just because you want to make sure, but I think the number is third round. I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't find out in the next couple of days that it's the New England Patriots who do something like that, planning for their own future, or the Green Bay Packers, for that matter, who might consider planning for their own future and letting him sit behind (laughs) behind Aaron Rodgers for a few years. I think, and I'm going to say this, I think that John Elway, for whatever reason, decided in 2018 that he didn't like Josh Rosen. And I think some of it was football, and I think some of it was some of the rumors about his attitude, and I think some of it was political. And to me, that's maybe the biggest misstep that you can make. When you start to take things that are outside of football and put them on football players, And so it doesn't make any sense to me that John Elway and his staff wouldn't be looking at making a trade for Josh Rosen and setting up for the future. You cannot guarantee that in 2020 you're going to get your guy or that in 2021 you're going to get your guy, which we all know how I feel about 2021 and Trevor Lawrence. And so you can guarantee that Josh Rosen is in the fold. In fact, you can guarantee Josh Rosen is here and still set up for 2021 if you really want to and try and figure out a way to make it so that you can get a shot at Trevor Lawrence in a couple of years. So I think it is in the Broncos' best interest, and if John Elway is choosing not to do that for political reasons or for anything that's outside of football, that's his biggest failing as a GM, and I really think that that is something that has to be considered. It could be the biggest coup de grace, if you will, in football history. to leave the 2018 draft with the best defensive player in that You've been listening to Mile
0: High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.